0: Word Hunter left, left, right, right, off-center. Okay, well, it's uh, September 3rd, 2022. We're here in the uh, heart of Kobe, uh, down below Sonomia, sitting outside in a park. And we're lucky enough today to have a good friend, John Sperry, with us. So John, um, you're actually our first official interviewee. Uh, Derek and I have interviewed each other, but uh, you, you're involved in this uh, project that we're gonna be uh, working on, this research project talking about interviews. Uh, but for our podcast, we'd like to interview you a little bit about uh, your background. So uh, John Sperry, can you can you tell us a little bit about your background? Um, maybe start with a quick overview of your childhood okay wow childhood uh, that's
1: going way back uh thanks brent it's great to be here in kobe um i was born and raised in uh upstate new york and uh, yeah it was i think pretty normal uh childhood i think i think I'll, I'll jump i'll jump ahead to maybe uh coming to japan is that okay that's fine um Yeah, I I was uh, teaching at colleges in Vermont uh, and uh, I I had taught English in Taiwan. Uh, So English in Taiwan was probably like 1988, 1989. And then I went back to Vermont and I was teaching adjunct at uh, some colleges there. And uh, yeah, I I wanted to see more of Asia. Uh, I made friends with uh, some Japanese people in Vermont. I was interested in the game of Go, uh, right, ego. I was and am interested in it. And uh, some interest in Zen, uh, was and am interested in Zen. So Japan was a natural choice. Um, So I came to Japan in 1997. Um, and uh, I taught at the YMCA initially after one year at the YMCA I got a job uh, teaching at uh, college level uh, which was really my goal so um, that uh, can I sell that as my background yeah, yeah. Uh, not so, really yet
0: yeah we're, so you did you come to Kansai originally or did you land in Kansai? yeah
1: I landed in Kansai I still remember I got on the train and some foreigner saw me and said, Oh, you're just arriving in Japan? I said, yeah, I'm just getting here. What do you want to do? Oh, I want to teach at university. And he's like, well, this is... It's going to be pretty tough. This is 1997, mind you. Um, I said, but uh, I'm going to try and uh, try to do it. it. It did take over a year uh, to get the job. But yeah, so was, I was in Kyoto. Uh, I stayed at uh, Aoiso Inn. It was like 2,000 yen a night. It was a blast... Uh, riding my bicycle around the city uh, good memories.
0: That's a good place to be. I think you know, I've always I've always been jealous of people who uh, Start out in in Kyoto. I've always just been just a visitor to Kyoto So, um, h- how about uh, a little bit about your current position? Uh, how long have you been there and, and uh, um, What kind of classes are you teaching these days? Yeah, I uh I'm teaching at Gifu
1: Shotoku Gakuen University. I'm in the education department. I got the job, uh, I believe, 2011. So that would be 11 years ago. Um, I my, my classes, you know, well, my students are gonna become English teachers, uh, but uh, I teach writing, I teach English. Um, I don't really teach teaching, um, but some of my duties include going to Kyoiku uh, Jishu which is like they do practice teaching and Jisen Kansatsu is like uh, full day observations where my students observe uh, either students in an elementary school or a junior high school and I go uh, and I go there with them and then they write reports about it and so forth.
0: Great, great. And So th- those are like your uh, what I say? graduation project students or those students uh no they're i get assigned uh so let's see
1: for the gsang consats so the observations are second year students and then the uh, practice teaching is third year students um so the third year students who do practice teaching when they're elementary school students uh in elementary schools i should say Um, then they're not necessarily English majors I go and they could I could be observing um, you know uh, social studies class or or even gym class any kind of class but when it's junior high school they tend to be my uh, zemi my seminar students um, and I go observe them uh, uh, teaching English uh, so which is really a little more up my alley of course
0: okay so one thing, um, actually, we, we didn't talk about it in the introduction to our podcast, the, the Word Hunters podcast, but uh, one of, another uh, impetus for getting started with it um, was some research that you and I originally talked about doing, the idea of uh, how interviews are used in the, in the field of education, specifically our context, uh, teaching English as a, as a foreign language language at the university level. And then um, when Derek joined on uh, with his focus, maybe more on, on how, how we can use podcast, either student made or teacher made or outside third party made uh, podcast in, the, in, the, in our educational context. Um, but one of the things when, when I first talked to you uh, about um, doing some research together, was about the series of books that you did on uh work uh, people's work in different countries can you talk a little bit about that series how did you get started with that and what was the impetus for that
1: yeah well when i was living in taiwan uh i read a magazine called travel in taiwan and uh it was a special issue and it was uh, all uh Interviews, people talking about their jobs, right? Taiwanese people talking about their jobs. And I was fascinated. I, I read that issue from cover to cover. And I started thinking, oh, if I ever have the chance, I'd love to do something like this. I'd love to interview people uh, and learn about their jobs. It's, it's something we don't really know, right? We see different occupations and, you know, are they making a good living? Are they making enough money? What are they working? All kinds of things that I, I'm just curious about. So uh, it took several years, but maybe four or five years later, I I did move to Japan and then I put the idea out uh, to Kansai Time Out magazine because I'm a freelance writer uh, about doing interviews Japanese people talking about their jobs and uh, the editor liked the idea and I started... Um, it wasn't really officially my column, but I probably did thirty or forty interviews over the course of three or four years. Very short, uh, yeah, interviews uh, Japanese people talking about their jobs. So I enjoyed the process so much, just talking to the people and recording uh, what they said, and, and you know, taking their pictures. That I wanted to expand that research, uh, and and actually as part of my academic research i went to other countries in asia i went to korea um, uh, vietnam china and taiwan and i did interviews in those countries of course those countries there was a a natural drawback that i needed a translator Um, but i i i did enough interviews to uh to make books for all those countries so i did taiwanese at work and uh, Koreans at work and Chinese at work and of course Japanese at work um, and those readers I still use with my students and uh, more recently I'm really developing materials that I can use um, with those it, yeah with those because the books are, are just question and answer uh, and I I think the nice point about it is your students are reading but they're reading spoken language right. uh, and also it's easier than than anything native speaker, because, uh, you know, either I was uh, speaking Japanese and then translated into English, but somebody was speaking a second language, which brings the whole level down, which is a good thing.
0: It makes it more accessible. It makes it accessible,
1: right, right. And it should be good for younger Japanese, I think, to learn about different jobs.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds like a great, and and that's one of the things that really... uh, piqued my interest and then got me interested in doing this research together. So, Do you have... um, I'm wondering about, um, like, users. Do you have some loyal users of those books who are using those for their own classes somewhere in Japan or otherwhere? Well, I'm a very small publisher,
1: and uh, some of my textbooks, there are uh, other teachers using my textbooks, but uh, as far as the At Work series, I mean, other teachers have bought them. I, I don't think there's really regular users because they're not—they're not textbooks. They're—they're just—they're just, they're just question-answer uh, format. So, well, one of my goals is to uh, uh, publish or provide a lot of these. I've been developing all kinds of worksheets um, that go along with the textbook. So, for example, I have worksheets where students read an interview about a job, and then they fill out the personal appropriateness of that job for them. So they think about their personality, and they write, they rank it. Is that job appropriate for their personality? Why or why not? And then they, they write a few sentences uh, explaining. Uh, and then another worksheet is about the um, benefit or harm that the occupation provides society. M- mostly benefit, it really is. But uh, yeah, what, what does that, occupation offer society so and i give them examples and uh that works out quite well they they fill out that those worksheets uh and it gets them reflecting about different jobs and and what they do for society and and uh how they how they might relate to those jobs
0: yeah that, that sounds exciting and, and, and useful It makes me think of something that I just saw recently. This is a complete sidebar, but um, there's a website out there that you can type a job in and it'll give the likelihood that AI will take that job. Or oh, interesting! Something. So yeah, that that might be something that you could add to that. So
1: well, I'd be interested okay. because you know I supported Andrew Yang, who talked a lot about uh, AI taking over, especially truck driving jobs. That it's going to be you know self self driving cars uh so there are a lot of jobs uh, and i read up uh, a lot about even surgery right surgeons are relying more and more it's not going to take over it's not going to completely replace replace, but you'll need fewer surgeons in the world because the machines are doing uh the the heavy lifting really and the surgeons are just kind of operating and overseeing
0: right Complete sidebar, um, but that that actually takes me back. Um, you, you mentioned uh, the publishing company. Can you tell tell us a little bit about how that got started, or how how you got interested in that, and then um, how are things going now, or what uh, what do you see happening with with that aspect of your activities? Uh, well, I
1: call the company Global Stories Press. I call it because that's what it is. It's Global Stories Press. Um, I started a long time ago. I was doing global issues type materials. Maybe they were a little bit, uh, somewhat might say extreme. Uh, I wanted to cover uh, things that normal publishers wouldn't cover, like uh, child slaves, uh, child uh, soldiers. And uh, to do the textbook, I just researched actual stories. And the textbook just provides information about actual situations that young people around the world, uh, you know, difficult circumstances they have to face. Um, I think, so that that was a really long time ago, probably like 15 years ago. Um, I've since softened since then. I mean, I kind of feel like maybe the stories, I mean, they got into really details, graphic details about the kids being beaten or whatnot. So, I've softened them a little bit, leaving a little to the imagination. Um, But that that was the first textbook, and that was Global Stories. And uh, I use dictation a lot in the textbook. Um, I I was really inspired by Ruth... I don't know how to pronounce her family. A war, warjib, nib. Have you ever seen it? Like it's got a bunch of consonants together. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, she put out a book called Dictogloss, the Oxford uh, series teachers' books, and uh, that really inspired me. Like it's not just straight up dictation; uh, it's a much more creative kind of activity. So I, I kind of adapted that Dictogloss, and that was the main activity. And then I plugged a lot of different content into different textbooks. So I have culture textbooks, like around the world. Uh, you know, every chapter is about a different country. Uh, then the global issues. So I have global stories and inspiring solutions. Uh, and then academic uh, series, which is uh, a science, just overviews of all the science topics that you might appear, that might appear in university. And humanities. And another textbook is called humanities. So, um, yeah, just plugging a lot of content. It's kind of a content-based approach, uh, utilizing uh, dictation or dictogloss.
0: And, and you do all of this out of your house? I do it all of.
1: Uh, yes, it's all outside of my house. I have a distributor, and uh, that's
0: uh, English Books Japan. But uh, I'm kind of a one-man show, which has good points and bad points. I know you've published other people's books as well. I know Jim Jensen. You know, I read his book, and and that was fascinating. And how did that come about? You, you knew Jim from?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we first, first, yeah, I'm I'm good friends with Jim, and first it was his nonfiction book, and I know, he was looking for a publisher for for years, and I used to tell him, well, let me take a look at it. Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind reading it. I'll give you some feedback. So he kept getting rejections and finally eventually he shared it with me we weren't really talking about publishing at that time but i read it i caught a lot of minor errors but i loved the book i thought it was a great book it was about his travels around the world six years he traveled around the world so then i said well let's self-publish it um i have some character flaws and one is that i'm excessively optimistic and i i believed we could really uh, get it in bookstores. I just thought this is a really good book. And it was more my suggestion that we printed a thousand copies and we sold about 20. Oh. So uh, we, we took a bath on that one. But that, that was a non-fiction book. That is not for students. We never tried to uh, sell it to students. Uh, and then despite, despite that huge failure, Jim came back to me with his textbook. So he had a textbook so that one I, I published uh, through Global Stories Press, and uh, we worked together on it. And uh, well, well, he, he made the textbook all himself. But right. I mean, I I from the publishing end of it, helped him get it uh, Yeah, yeah. So that that's the one uh, textbook that uh, Global Stories Press publishes. That's not mine.
0: All right, good, good. Okay, so I think maybe we'll we'll finish up. And uh, I think I warned you about this earlier, but maybe some uh, rabbit hole or something that really. How it gets you excited these days. Can you talk about uh, <laughs> if, I want to please narrow it maybe just to one because I know in my talks with you before, we can keep on going for hours and hours, but for today's purpose, uh, maybe just one and and you mentioned maybe that interviewing and how we and how your interest in interviewing and how that might relate to the research that we might do together
1: yeah, uh so for example i don't I don't see it like so much as a rabbit hole, but My interest in interviewing people. Sure. I mean, I I love, for example, Humans of New York. Did you know that? That's I don't. Wow. Okay. So his name is Brandon, and he started out just talking to people on the streets of New York City, and it's it's blossomed into this enormous project where uh, you know people invite him to other countries. He's traveled around the world, and uh, he has books out and millions of followers. And it's just a simple uh, question-answer. It's kind of everything the Internet promised to be. Just very simple and and just very human-oriented. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I dream of uh, doing more interviews. I I haven't in recent years. I I want to do uh, um, Ainu at work. Yes. So just find out what are Ainu people up to these days. I know young Japanese, they're a little aware of, like, native americans or aborigines but they don't really know about ainu so I will like learn a little bit about the ainu people and uh give them you know some voice. yeah give them a voice what are they up to and satisfy my own curiosity but i haven't been able to make that happen yet but i'm i'm hoping
0: one of these days it makes me think you know and just be, before i forget um one of my uh, daughters Good friends from Finland uh, who's studying uh, at Doshisha this year, but that is related to her graduation thesis. I don't know specifically what she's doing with the Ainu. It's not specifically about their work, but but she's doing some research and she might have some connections. So I'll try to yeah, yeah, please uh, mention to her. Yeah, Yeah, good, good. So what do you think next? What's your kind of next project And, and? in terms of interviewing will that be the next one or you have something uh, in terms of interviewing yeah yeah i i think i still hope
1: i can make that happen i sometimes dream of going back to the people i interviewed like finding some of the people i interviewed 10 years ago and following up because i always ask what about the future and in chinese at work i did do that i went back to a few people anyways like two three years after the fact right and i caught up with them to see what they're up to and it's really a fascinating addition especially in the context of how did they answer uh what about the future and then you know 10 sure. years later where to they ask end up, up yeah. where they end up uh so try to track down a lot of the people that i i previously interviewed of course i have their name and with social media um i might be able to find uh, a bunch of them many of them certainly sure. not all of them
0: but. Good. Okay. On our walk today, as we were walking, uh, we were talking about um, what makes a good interviewer. Um, I want to get this on on tape, mm. <laughs> okay. on on the record. So what do you think um, makes a, a good interviewer, and what makes a good interview?
1: Well, I'm not of the mind that the interviewer should be um, silent or should not n- not in in. Uh, interject in the interview at all. I'm not of that mind. I I feel it's a conversation between two people. The focus should certainly be the interviewee. Um, But, uh, you know, the the interviewer, uh, as we mentioned before, if the interviewer is really listening carefully, he or she should pick up on, you know, something that needs further explanation or something that doesn't sound quite right. You know, as an interviewee, uh, I, I want the interviewer to challenge me if I say something um, that doesn't seem, yeah, that doesn't seem right. That seems a little off. So, I, I think, yeah, I think it should be an interplay. I think the interviewer has a has a, a pretty big role, um, and uh, but yeah, to maintain the focus uh, is the trick to
0: it. Do you have one example of, of uh, the? best interview you've ever done or ever heard um
1: well because we talked about it I'm not sure I don't think best but I'll tell you the story about the Malaysian woman okay like it's a little controversial Uh, but I was interviewing her and she's in marketing she was telling about marketing and, and she described it from my point of view as if she's trying to fool people to get to buy a shampoo that's the way it sounded to me So I asked Does it, Do you feel bad Like trying to fool people that way And she said Well marketing is no different from any other occupation That uh, you know Like if you're a journalist you're fooling people Just the same way a marketing person I, I, I didn't think I thought that was disingenuous And you know I, I was the interviewer uh, I don't feel I like uh, Got hostile in my attitude But I did kind of challenge her um, you know, I said, well, if you're a journalist, if you're doing your job, you're not being deceptive. You're, if you're doing your job, you're, you're telling it straight. Whereas marketing, if you're doing your job, you are fooling people. So we kind of had a back and forth like along those lines. It, it, was, it was a little tense. I would call it a little tense. Not a big deal. But, you know, a friend, we, there was a bunch of friends happened to be there. And they weren't too happy with me because she was like their friend. She wasn't my friend. And then it was like... You know, I didn't know you were going to do a hostile interview, but... Um, but, the, it, but it ended on a good note. It ended on a good note. She was gracious at the end. She took us all to a dinner uh, in Malaysia. I, I love Kuala Lumpur. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't mind being challenged. I I like. I, I don't mind uh, a debate, as good. you know me about I, I that. Know, I know so, that about you. you know, if we have different points of view... So she had a point of view, and... I, I couldn't just leave it like that, that, you know, that like journalists are fooling people in the same way that, that, you know, uh, commercial people are. I, I, I don't know. It's almost like a loyalty to, you know, the journalists too. Like, are you, you know, so, uh, anyways, I gave her a chance to explain it
0: more. And Good. Well, thank you very much. Um, I, we, we were going to end our, uh, interviews by asking the interviewees, um, if they have any recommendations for good people to interview, and well, J- Jim Jensen came up, and I uh, immediately thought uh, Jim would be a great person to interview. Uh, any anybody else that you think? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, certainly Jim. But in addition, uh, where I teach, uh, they started uh, a student-run podcast. So it's a colleague. But he, he's in a different department. I'm education department. He's in the foreign language department. So. He's an like, he's American teaching there, and he's overseeing the students are doing the podcast. So that would be good, either him or maybe the, students, the students who are in charge of that right? Um, might be good, and I could arrange that.
0: Well, I'd appreciate it very, very much. I appreciate your, your time, and it's really great that That's you my could pleasure. come out to Kobe and uh, hope to do many more uh, conversations in the future. Thank you, Brett. Yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Word Hunter left, left, right, 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 off-center,